episode 870. The losing streak has reached three games after the Aaron Rodgers injury. We asked Nathan Yankee of Pro Football Focus what's going wrong. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans. And welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. Today we're taking a look back at the loss to the Detroit Lions for the Green Bay Packers. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. Nathan, we're glad to have you back after a bye week. Good morning. Glad to be back. Sounds good. Um, Nathan, we've got a lot to discuss here. And uh, the biggest story, we learned on Wednesday that Brian Balaga is done for the season. Or, pardon me, we learned Tuesday that he was done for the season with a torn ACL. I, I know he missed some time this season, but can we sum up what the Packers will be missing in, you know, ha- not having Brian Balaga on the field? Yeah, they're missing one of the better right tackles in the NFL. Uh, going back to last year, he had the best pass blocking grade for all right tackles, uh, doing a great job not allowing pressure. Uh, this year, so far in the games that he had played in, uh, he had just been average in pass protection. Um, I'm sure he wasn't fully healthy in some of those games, so I'm guessing Brian at full health uh, would remain one of the better pass blocking right tackles in the league. So. Um, in the run game, he was a little below average this year, which has been typical for him these last couple of years. But uh, regardless of who replaces him, Humley's going to be under pressure a bit more um, than he was at the start of this past game. It's amazing how good of a fit Brian Balaga has been for the right tackle position. It really is. Um, Nathan, let's go through some of these options to replace him. Nothing is official yet, but... Uh, Jason Spriggs is eligible to return from injured reserve and potentially replace Balaga. Do you think he or McCray would be a better option for the Packers? I think a lot of it depends on what the Packers' philosophy for the remainder of the season is. Uh, Typically, when you see a starting quarterback go down, you see a team uh, commit a little bit more to the run game than they had been in the past, but um, in the game against the Lions, it didn't really seem like even at the start of the game that they were going to try running the ball too much more. So I think if they do want to commit more to the run game than they had been, then I think McCray is the better fit since uh, his strength is run blocking, since he's more trained up to be an interior lineman, where uh, pass protection is more where he struggles, where uh, the Packers want to continue to throw the ball a lot like they have been, then I think Spriggs, assuming he's healthy, is the better option since his strength is pass protection and more of the issues that uh, he had when he's seen playing time is in the run game. So uh, teams don't typically rotate by situation, so I think they do have to pick one or the other. But I think uh, whatever they think will be their plan for the rest of the season, 
uh, should determine who they go with that right tackle. Yeah, I should mention McRae is dealing with an injury himself. We don't really know the exact status of him going forward yet. We'll learn more as time goes on. Uh, but Nathan, getting to this past Sunday's game, uh, I thought David Bakhtiari, sticking with the offensive line here, he had a fantastic performance showing he's back to full health. Is he back to being among the best left tackles in the NFL? Uh, yeah, he did a great job in this one. Uh, there was only one time where Hunley was hit, and that was on him. But on 43 pass blocks to only allow one pressure, that's doing a great job. So uh, during the season as a whole, he's only allowed three pressures on 136 uh, pass blocks, which on a per-play basis, he's been the best uh, tackle in pass protection this year. Um, to be fair to some of the other great tackles, uh, David's done it on a bit smaller sample size, but I think over the course of the rest of the season, I think Bakhtiari really has a chance to establish himself as one of the best left tackles in the league with uh, some of the other elite ones like Joe Thomas and Jason Peters out for the season. So I think David really has a chance to stand out over the second half of the season. Yeah, that's that's your glass half full coming off a demoralizing loss. Um, Nathan, analyzing the play of quarterback Brett Hundley, is there a quarterback in the NFL that throws a fewer percentage of passes under 10 yards? It's it's amazing to me that now in his third game, they still not throwing the ball down the field. Uh, yeah, he really wasn't throwing the ball down the field much this past game or in any of the games he's played in. Um, only 22.4% of his passes this season have gone for 10 or more yards in the air, which is the lowest rate for quarterbacks who have seen uh, more than 50 dropbacks this season. Um, the only quarterback that's uh, within a small percentage point away from him was Joe Flacco among the quarterbacks who have started all of the games this season. So um, to be fair to Hunley, I don't think this is all on him. I think some of this is the Packers game plan. Since Aaron Rodgers, when he was playing, was only throwing deep 25 or passes 10 yards or more in the air, uh, 25% of the time, and that was also among the lowest rates in the league. So um, they aren't too far off from each other. And then to give some context, Winston was throwing uh, that deep the most so far this season at 45%. So while I think Hunley can throw the ball uh, deeper a little bit more often, I don't think we'll see a huge change this season just because um, this is something that we've been seeing all season long from Packers quarterbacks. Yeah, I guess I'd just like to see it more in key situations where they, you know, it's third down and you got to get past the chains. Um, Nathan, I I thought Clay Matthews was rather invisible outside of one hit on the quarterback on Monday night. How did he grade out? Um, In the past game, he did only have that one pressure on 19 pass rushes, which isn't very much. Um, To be fair to him, Stafford had the fourth lowest time to throw this past week, so... Uh, he was getting the ball out quickly, which made it difficult for any of the Packers' pass rushers to generate too much pressure. And then uh, in the run game, he was part of two tackles for no gains and um, wasn't blocked too often in the run game. Um, a lot of people did well against the run, but uh, Clay did grade out pretty well in the run and then throwing the defensive offsets penalty that he had in the game, and he graded out right around average. So. Um, this season he hasn't been doing a great job at generating pressure, so he deserves some criticism there, but I don't think he deserves as much criticism as he's deserved these past couple years uh, just because of how well he's been playing against the run. It's been the best he's played in the run in a good five years, and he's been doing it fairly consistently each week this season. 
Yeah, I definitely thought he started off the season very well. Hopefully he can pick it up. Uh, Nathan, did the play of Mike Daniels overcome his rather foolish unsportsmanlike conduct penalty when it basically was third and long and gave the Lions a first down early in the game? Uh, it's borderline. Uh, he played well against the run as well. Uh, the Packers did a great job in general in this game, having multiple players uh, take down the Lions runners. And uh, he was part of a couple of tackles for no gains, although he was never uh, marked as a primary tackler by us, but graded well because of his play against the run. Um, in the past game, only two pressures, which isn't great, but um, was better than some of his teammates. So uh, when you include the penalty, he had one of his worst-graded games of the season, but uh, for him, his worst-graded game is still just a little below average for most players. Yeah, uh, he, he's a good one for sure. Um, Nathan, let's let's analyze the play of rookie Kevin King. What is he doing well at, and what does he still need to improve on? Um, I'll start with repeating myself a little bit. He played well against the run in this one and has been all season. <laughs> a part of three unblocked tackles uh, for either or one for a loss, one for no gain, and one for a short gain. So, uh, again, the Packers did an excellent job against the run in this one and uh, came consistently all season long. While this was his best game against the run, has at least been average to a little above average there. But then uh, focusing on coverage, which is a little more important for him, um, as I've mentioned before in press coverage, he's done a good job of uh, preventing catches for the most part. Um, had a second pass breakup of the season in this game. And then uh, the problem with him is he's been a little too high risk, high reward, where um, when he isn't able to prevent a pass, he's been allowing some big plays recently. Um, allowed 18.3 yards per catch this past week, um, 28.6 the game before, including a touchdown that he allowed in that game. So um, if he can cut down on the big plays allowed in coverage, that'll be huge for him. But he has had some positives this season. Yeah, I know this past uh, Monday he, he went after a ball and, and came up and missed, and it sure would have been big had he been able to deflect it uh, uh, had that happened. But, Nathan, uh, w- before we let you go, one last question from Matt on Twitter here. That's That's more of a general question than one about individuals, but he asked, what is worse right now, the Packers' pass rush or the Packers' secondary? Kind of a chicken or the egg type of a question. Oh uh, Yeah, I would probably go with the coverage. Uh, going back to Clay Matthews, uh, how I mentioned how Stafford had a fairly low time to throw in this pass game. Um, it's hard when the coverage isn't doing their job early on, so the quarterback is able to get off a quick throw uh, rather than having to hold on to the ball and finding someone that's open. So. I think while the pass rush wasn't able to get much pressure, they didn't have much opportunity. Um, This game in particular, Devon House allowed a lot of catches. So um, looking at the season as a whole, as a well, uh, the cornerbacks, all of them have had their moments at some point this season where they've done well. But I think all of them we've seen a little bit more bad than good this season where I think the pass rushers, the expectations were higher for them. And I don't think they've lived up to their expectations. But I think some of them are at least grading well in that um, at one of the Packers' good pass rushers were to get hurt and miss time this season. I think that would hurt the Packers' defense, where I think if one of their cornerbacks were to get hurt, I don't think that would hurt the team as much this season. Nathan, thanks so much for joining us today. Greatly appreciate it. Glad to hear your voice again after the bye week, and we'll talk to you next week. All right? 
That sounds good. Have a good one. Take care. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. Uh, the news that came out yesterday, the big news, Brian Balaga's season has come to an end after a torn ACL in his right knee. He previously missed the 2013 season with a torn ACL in his left knee, so not to the same leg. Um, I, I believe the NFL Network first confirmed the extent of the injury. I mean, we knew he was injured on Monday night. Uh, But head coach Mike McCarthy later confirmed his season would be over in his day after game press conference. Um, So where did the Packers go from here at the right tackle position? And we kind of laid out some of the options with Nathan Yonke of Pro Football Focus during our interview. But I mean, they're what you'd expect. Um, The guy who replaced Brian Balaga in game, Jordan McRae, He got injured on the final series of the game. He has an ankle injury, and we're still waiting to see the extent of his, what's going to happen with him going forward. You know, the good news is the Packers haven't ruled him out already. It doesn't seem to be a serious injury to McRae. But, uh, and I believe, we we know, of course, that Jason Spriggs has been one of the players, uh, you know, designated for return from injured reserve, as the Packers can do that to two players this season. He began practice this past week. I think he was even eligible to do it during the bye week, but of course, the Packers didn't practice because it was the bye week. Um, and I believe he's eligible to play as soon as this week um, in, during the Bears game, so... Uh, Jason Spriggs can come back and can be the Packers' right tackle here for basically the remainder of the season. And I tend to think that's what they're going to do if he's healthy and give him a shot and at least give him the opportunity to fail. Um, and, you know, my I have reasonably high hopes that, you know, maybe he's not going to be the greatest, but... Um, because he does have, you know, a lot of things working against him in that, you know, he didn't look good this past preseason. He's going to be working at right tackle instead of left where the Packers have been practicing him the most and where he has the most experience. So this is going to be a new experience for him working on the right side. But it's kind of a case just like Brian, like Brett Hundley. <laughs> you know, the Packers traded up to Brett Hundley and invested a lot into him and, you know, want to see if they could eventually trade him or whatever down the road. Now, I'm not necessarily saying the Packers are going to trade Jason Spriggs, but they invested a lot into him. They traded up to get him in the second round, and now it's to see if he can be one of the team's offensive linemen for the future as well. And we have to start wondering here, you know, is Jason Spriggs, you know, really the the long-term man at right tackle here because of Brian Balaga's injury history? Now two seasons with torn ACLs, and on top of that, had another season ended with a hip injury. So, I mean, the injuries are mounting for him. I believe, you know, he's he's had torn MCLs too, which aren't quite as serious. But, I, I mean, the injury history is mounting 
for Brian Balaga. And, you know, heck, even if he were to come back from this, is he going to be ready in time for the start of the 2018 season? I'm not sure he can be. It's certainly, I think, a little bit easier being an offensive lineman just because, you know, you're you're not relying on your speed like uh, a skill position player is. But still, I mean, we saw with Don Barclay how how much time, you know, his torn ACL affected him. And, and, and even though he came back the next season, he wasn't the same player. You know, I think certainly Brian Balaga is, you know, a level more talented than that. Here's a first-round draft pick compared to an undrafted one. Uh, but still, it, it's going to take some time, and, and the Packers probably have to start seeing what they've got in Jason Spriggs here for the rest of the season. Um, You know, I I don't think they're committed to anything at this point, but I think they want to see how the rest of the season plays itself out. I mean, we've we've got half a season to play, whether it's playoffs or not. So there's going to be, assuming he's healthy, a long stretch of period here where Jason Spriggs is going to get an opportunity and maybe Jordan McRae uh, just kind of continues to be one of the top offensive linemen off the bench for the Green Bay Packers, kind of no matter what position it is, uh, where he may fill in for the team um, wherever they need him. So that's what we're looking at with the injury situation for the Green Bay Packers. To go over the chips report, we usually do the first show after a game, um, your blue chip players from the loss to the Detroit Lions are David Bakhtiari and Ty Montgomery. I thought David Bakhtiari finally looked like he was over his early season hamstring injury because, yeah, he's played in two games prior to this, but there, you know, this was, I thought, his best performance since week one. I, I thought David Bakhtiari was good coming out of the gate, but that's when he injured the hamstring there uh, shortly into the season. And so it's, you know, he, I think he did for David Bakhtiari struggle a little bit before the bye. Um, There were, there were sacks he was responsible for giving up, but uh, I thought he looked really good. And, you know, especially after Brian Balaga goes down, it, it was imperative that he held up his end of the bargain at the other side of the offensive line. And I thought he did. So, yeah, I was responsible for one pressure, but again, you know, that's pretty good over the course of an entire game when you play every single snap. Your other blue chip player, Ty Montgomery, actually outperforming his counterpart, Aaron Jones, in this one. Ty Montgomery was efficient every time he touched the football, and we're talking about both running and receiving here. Basically, uh, it, it was darn near 10 yards every time he touched the ball. Here's Ty Montgomery's statistics. Five rushes, 33 yards. That's an average of 6.6 yards per carry. And then in the receiving game, he just had the one catch, but it went for 18 yards. So really, I mean, not a huge sample size, but there was a period there when Aaron Jones took over that Ty Montgomery, we thought, was becoming the forgotten man and, and kind of falling out of favor. And here he goes and, and really looked good. And and maybe he's back to full health, too. He missed some time earlier in the season with injury. 
Um, but you know, not to say it was ever major for Ty Montgomery, but you know, there is a role for him. I still think Aaron Jones should be and will be the starter going forward. But it's nice to see that the Packers have a good complement out there, and they can rely on Ty Montgomery, and he looked good. Your red chip players from this game, the good, maybe not the great, and. Believe me, it was tough for me to come up with with these guys who uh, I was sitting there looking at every player on the roster like, who played good this past game? There weren't many players that played good. And heck, I, I, I didn't even want it. One of them I give to Morgan Burnett, and I didn't even want to do it because he only played about half the game. But when Morgan Burnett was out there, he looked fantastic. He made five tackles and two of them were for a loss and he was directing traffic back out on the back end and I thought that was so nice to see after he missed a couple games prior to the bye. Uh, it's unfortunate that he went back down with an injury. It's good, I guess, that the Packers have some pretty good depth at the safety position uh, with Josh Jones out there who who he looked uh, pretty encouraging himself. I think he's still got some lessons to learn, especially in pass coverage. Uh, but uh, best of luck to Morgan Burnett here as he continues to recover from various injuries, the latest one being a groin here. Your other blue chip player, Blake Martinez, and you know, I thought he was the best of a poor bunch. It, there weren't many splash plays from Blake Martinez in this game. I guess there was the one. Uh, the one splash play being the forced fumble on the goal line uh, where he prevented a touchdown from happening or at least helped prevent one. Uh, certainly there was other people in on the tackle as well, including Vince Beagle in his NFL debut, which was nice to see. Uh, thought he played fine, uh, and, and I think for a guy making his first regular season start in the NFL, if he's doing just okay, that's a good thing. Uh, expectations, we can ramp them up accordingly in the future. Uh, but Blake Martinez led the Packers in tackles this game. I believe he had, uh, what is the number, 12 of them? 10 of them. 10 tackles this game. Uh, eight of them solo, two assists, and the big force fumble for Blake Martinez, and and largely once again keeping things in front of him. I believe he did have a missed tackle in there, but it, you know, all in all, still pretty good from the Packers inside linebacker. All right, the cow chips this game, the worst of the worst. Uh, I thought Clay Matthews deserved to be in that category because I thought he was rather invisible. Nathan Yankee kind of starting to change my mind a little bit in, in kind of describing how well he did against the run. Uh, there were times that I thought he was put on his back by the blocker as well in the run game, so I'm not going to give him credit for every single run play. Um, but especially it was in the invisibility in the pass rush. And yes, I understand Matt Stafford did a very good job getting rid of the football very quickly and kudos to him for that. He played very well this game. Uh, but Clay Matthews has to do more than just simply one quarterback hit a game. And, you know, it's just a hit. It's not like a sack even. So he's got to get to the quarterback more often on a higher percentage of plays. And then your other cow chip, and I think people were a little bit mad to hear this because he had been playing so well. They didn't want to hear that Aaron Jones got one of my cow chips for this game. 
And believe me, it's not, you know, I, I don't think Aaron Jones is now chopped liver. Uh, I don't think he's going to be in the doghouse, or I, I think he deserves to be the Packers starter at running back going forward. But, and and, and part of the reason, you know, too, I, I don't think the Packers stuck with the running game enough. I don't think Aaron Jones got enough opportunities but when he did in this game, he didn't look good. He didn't do anything himself. So um, uh, Aaron Jones' stats from this game, five carries, 12 yards. That's just 2.4 yards per carry and a long carry of just four yards. And then in the passing game, uh, he, of course, was responsible for one sack given up when he did a very poor job in pass protection. On one of his two receptions, he slipped, so his receiving statistics, two catches, five yards, and he was targeted five times. It wasn't always his fault in which, you know, he didn't catch the pass or anything like that. Not going to hold that against him. Um, But Aaron Jones wasn't good this game. Doesn't mean I don't think he can't be good in the future, but he wasn't good this game and has got to do better, and and maybe that's good for him. Uh, Maybe... Uh, you know, here's a guy who's pretty much had every time he's touched the football as an NFL professional has been having success. This kind of shows him, you know, there's still work to be done and there's still a lot more he's got to do to get better, especially in pass protection. So good luck, Aaron Jones. Uh, I, I wish the best for you. You just didn't play well this game. Uh, let's move on. The day ahead. All right, it's back to the Sunday game schedule for the Green Bay Packers. They basically got one day off for their bodies to recover on Tuesday following the Monday night football game, and it's now back to work on Wednesday already. Certainly, the coaches may choose to have a less taxing practice than usual, but preparations for the Chicago Bears have begun. Uh, the Packers will release their first injury report of the week. And the guys we're going to be looking for on Wednesday uh, will be those, how much progress the players who missed the Lions game have made. Think about all the guys who didn't play, who we were hoping would following the bye week when they had the extra week to recover. Guys like tight end Martellus Bennett, linebacker Ahmad Brooks, defensive lineman Quinton Dial. They weren't able to help the Packers on Monday, but maybe they'll be able to help the Packers out this Sunday against the Bears. I don't know how much progress you can make in just six days, but, uh, you know, they weren't, none of these guys, the good news is they weren't ruled out for the Lions game. They were in the doubtful category, which still shows they've got a ways to go. But they weren't ruled out like Joe Thomas was. I still assume his injury is a little bit more severe than these other guys. So that's the silver lining, I suppose. And even that is not all that silver. Um, But so we're going to look to see how they're doing, how McCray is doing on the offensive line after he suffered his ankle injury. But I don't think it's a season ender. Uh, So we're going to see what the injury report says. Whether these guys are practicing, you know, whether it's in the full or the limited category, we learn all of that on Wednesday afternoon. 
Uh, I believe Mike McCarthy is going to have his usual Wednesday press conference, although I looked at the Packers' website right before coming on air here at Railbird Central, and they didn't have a time published yet, so I couldn't tell you when that's going to happen. But I assume when it does, it'll be streamed online at Packers.com as usual. Uh, the talk show circuit happens Wednesday nights uh, when uh, on 107.5, the fan on Green Bay, which you can stream online. Uh, Kenny Clark and Demarius Randall take turns hosting their weekly show. Uh, so you could tune in and listen to them on a Wednesday night. And yeah, that's that's what's happening this Wednesday here and what we're looking forward to in the next day or two until the next episode of Railbird Central. That's going to do it for today. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today. Thank you to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com for being our guest. Already got our next guest lined up for Friday. It will be Scott McKenna of the Talking Smack blog, who will join us as he does the second Friday of every month. So looking forward to our monthly engagement with him just two days from now. And, uh, yeah, Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. Have a good Wednesday. We will preview the Bears game more in-depth on Friday with Scott McKenna. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiravu. I leave you today with a song called Valley of the Jig by String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go.